Welcome to Momentum Church. Good morning. I will be your backup pastor for the day. Please, please no heckling, Ross. Uh, oh, mm. you know, I don't, know if you've ever, I don't know if anyone has ever noticed, but this is pastor's favorite spot right here. Has anyone, has anyone ever noticed that? I think he's afraid of lights. He comes over here. I pledged you this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be over here all the whole service. This is my new happy zone. Celeste, you and me. This is happening. No. I think we need to put guardrails up for you. No, all of that was just for a transition. Let's talk about guardrails. See how smooth that is? Aren't you guys just excited to have a smooth operator here on stage this morning? I'm going to shut up about that. Uh, guardrails, in all seriousness. Now I did that, and now I feel stupid anyway. Guardrails. How many of you are thankful for guardrails on the highway or on any roads? Has anybody ever, have you, has it, who all, I need an honest show of hands has had an impact from a guardrail. Like, it was not your fault, but that guardrail came and got you. George? Yes. Is it only George? I see a couple. Jared? Yes. Juan? I don't believe it. It's not true. I remember one time when I was uh, a, a teenager up in Ohio, we were, I was with a friend, Jim Randis. Pastor, you know Jim. And, uh, and we're coming down this hill that you'll know well, Hanley Hill. Right, Jared, you know Hanley Hill, right? It's, it's this stupid, you're coming off the side of a mountain, basically, right? And, and it's this huge, incredibly steep hill, and it was in the middle of February, so it's real snowy, right? And we're in Jim's car, and I had never in my life hit a guardrail before. In fact, never in my life since have I hit a guardrail. I've hit curbs, but not guardrails. This is the first time in my life we impacted a guardrail, and it scared the junk out of me. I can't tell you, because like, you know how it is. Like, if you go off the road right there, it's a good, it's, it's a drop. Like, it is a drop. Like, it is a, like I say it one more time, I'll make it more. It is a drop. Man, we hit that thing and bounced, and, and we, we were able to kind of, like, slow it down. And we, like, did, like, the controlled slide that you do. You know, you kind of, like, pump the brakes, and you slide, and you pump on down the hill. <sighs> you get down, everybody's. You know, you go straight to McDonald's because it's right there. And we all go to the bathroom. <laughs> Think that was intense. That was intense. But I'm thankful for guardrails. I'm thankful for guardrails. They'll keep us from the danger that we really intend to cause ourselves, honestly. It's from us being distracted. It's from us not, not paying attention to what's going on. Sometimes it's from someone else not paying attention to what's going on. Someone say, uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes it's Tom driving and just happens. It sucked, but I'm thankful <laughs> for the impact in lieu of what could have happened. Uh, this is what a guardrail is, a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into off-limits or dangerous areas. That makes sense, yeah? Another thing about guardrails is that they're not placed in the danger zone, but a couple feet before or a couple yards before the danger zone. The idea is that it stops you before you're in trouble. 
right? How much would it, would it make much sense if the guardrail was halfway down the hill? The answer is no. You know, everybody online, everybody's really responding well this morning. They don't have the room mics turned up, so you can't hear them. But man, it's a lively crowd today. They'll turn them up here in a minute. We don't put the guardrail in the danger zone. We put it in the safe zone so that when we hit it, we're still safe, right? And truth be told, if we didn't have guardrails, there would be a lot more road, right? I think there would be a wider road. We could could pave right to the edge. It'd probably be a more relaxed ride. Am I right? Have you ever seen that Seinfeld episode where Kramer adopts a highway and he, and, he, and he takes out some of the lines so it's a nice, big, easy, wide road? You know what I'm saying? You're just like, yeah, we'll do it. Like, that's what be us without guardrails. But what would, the re- what would the outcome be? All the time, right off the side, right off the side. So I really want to talk about guardrails and where we need to be putting these things in our lives, guardrails in relationships, guardrails in our finances, guardrails just in how we approach morality, and, and, our, and guardrails in our mental areas. I want to redefine it this morning as this, a personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. A personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. Is everybody with me this morning? The purpose being, rather than doing something we know to be wrong and thus having it trip our conscience, that we step back and we establish some barriers on the safe side of the trouble. Does that make sense? Before we fall off the cliff, before we lose our footing, before we get deeper than we ever wanted to go, on the safe side, establishing a barrier that will trip our mind and make us realize, hold on, I'm moving in the wrong direction. Truth be told, your greatest regrets in life probably could have been avoided if you had guardrails earlier. Am I wrong? I'm going to say a whole bunch of stuff this morning. It's kind of the nature of what I do. And I'm going to tell you, none of it is going to be surprising. It's all really common sense stuff, and I love that about the Bible. It's just common sense. And so when I say things like, your greatest regrets in life probably could have been avoided if you had guardrails in your life, we think, oh, that's so profound. But at the same time, we're like, duh, right? Absolutely. Listen, here's why. Culture is not going to help you with this. We don't live in a world that provides guardrails for us. We don't live in a world that says, hey, let's exercise caution. In fact, we live in a world that baits us closer and closer to danger. It sucks us in and draws us in and entices us closer and closer to places we should not be. And as soon as we cross the line, the same culture condemns us. The same culture chastises us. Right? Sucking us in deeper and deeper. It's okay. Don't worry about your finances. Just invest in all the cryptocurrency. You're going to be okay. Here's some penny stocks. Just keep throwing your money at it. Right? No, no. Because then we're all dummies when it crashes, right? How, you know, you really should have diversified. I can't, I don't know what your problem is. Who buys that stuff anyway? 
sucking us in on Facebook. Like, you would think, like, Facebook, it's just like, you know, people you know doing things you know. But, like, I can't tell you how many times I get, I get friend invites from these ladies. And I'm like, what, who is, because I always click on the picture to see, I go to their profile, do I know this person, right? And, it, and it's like, do you like sex? I'm like, oh, my gosh. No, no, decline. It's true. It's, it's, everybody knows. It's not a surprise. Baiting you in closer and closer. And the world's like, it's fine. It's just, a, it's just an image. It's just a talk. It's just something you see online. It's just something, to, it's just something for your imagination. Until you go a little too far, then how dare you? Sucks you in and then spits you out on the danger side. All because we don't have a guardrail. We don't have the guardrail. So instead of living a life that speaks toward how close can I get to sin without sinning, we need to ask, knowing the disaster that is out there waiting for me, where should I set up some mental barriers and guardrails to stop me from getting too close? Knowing that the world is designed for danger ahead of time. What do I need to do? What, what, what barriers do I need to set up in my life? Guys, we can all agree there, there is a too far, right? What two of you? The rest of you are not going to Vegas with me. We can agree, right? There is too far. There is a line. There are many lines. We should not cross, right? How do we keep from doing that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would just open our ears this morning. God, I pray that you would speak through me, Lord, your simple and timeless truth. God, quicken our spirits this morning. In your name we pray. Everyone said, amen, amen. This has been a fantastic series. The home, home, I almost said homegrown, but it's home cook-in. The home cook-in, cook-in, cooking, cook-in series. Have you guys enjoyed this series? Yes. I, I told Pastor just the other day, this has been a fantastic, probably one of, the, one of my favorite series in the past year or so. Just every single week, uh, there's been something that just punches me in the gut or like right in the nose or somewhere. I'm like, ooh, ow, that was for me. I, I received that. Thank you, Jesus. Wipe off the blood and <laughs> go about my life applying what I've learned, right? It's been such a good series. So practical, so good. Someone said you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And so it's good to know how to pick your fights with your family, I suppose. <laughs> but really with that, with that saying, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family, I stand here this morning to disagree. And so as we continue this family series, I want to point some things out. Number one, we pick a friend who eventually becomes our spouse. We pick our friends who wind up being unofficial aunts, uncles, and grandparents to our kids. How many of you had an unofficial aunt? or I had, I had a Grandma C. I still have a Grandma C, right? I was going to insert myself into someone's life and be like, I'm their Uncle Corey, but it's not true. I know Tom looks at me that way, but we'll... <laughs> yeah, we pick our friends who in adulthood become closer than brothers and sisters? Isn't it true? Isn't it true? 
Guys, we're assigned family at birth, but we choose family as adults. Actually, this starts way early in life. I read this week that starting as, as early as age 12, and for some kids at least by 14, friends have more influence than their parents. Who does that scare the junk out of? Me? Not so much, because I, I know my kids' friends, and I, I trust them. They're okay for now. For now. Yeah. Guys, in life, we find ourselves in close proximity to people who are moving in their life in a direction that is opposite to where we want to be moving our life. And we find these people in our workplace. We find these people in our families. We find these people in our friendships. And I, where, where, where you really can't choose who you work with, where you really can't choose who is in your, you know, your, your nuclear family there, you can choose your friends. And oftentimes we allow people into our life whose current of life is taking them somewhere we don't want to go. But yet we jump in the river with them. They're my friend. I've just known them for so long. They're the only person I have to talk to at work. Whatever it may be, guys, we have to be careful or these people will eventually take us with them. And I'm sure every single person here has a story. Am I wrong? We all have a story. Somebody who took us where we didn't want to go. Or we know somebody <laughs> whose friend took them where they didn't want to go. And it begins in childhood. Where your parents say, you're not allowed to hang out with him. Right? You're, I don't want you going out with that group. Did, any, did anybody's parents pull you out of a school because of friends? Did that happen to anybody? Did, any, did anybody get moved? Like moved out of the neighborhood or moved to a different state because of, because of the people that were around you? Miss Barbara, why am I not surprised? It's true. How many of you, if you could have, would have reached into your child's life and smacked one of their friends and just pushed that child away forever and grabbed yours and just ran the other direction, right? Yes, why? Because we understand that fundamental truth. Friends. Friends, I've lost my place, friends. <laughs> I had a friend like that when I was young. His name was Eric. And Eric and his, his older brother, Ronnie, family, it was a rough family. And, uh, and they, 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 I don't know how we got connected, but we got connected somehow. My parents really didn't want me hanging out with Eric. But then my parents would make the mistake of, like, leaving the house. <laughs> it's just, so, such noobs. Anyway, they would, like, leave me alone. And where would I do, like, immediately? Yeah, Eric, hey, let's hang out, right? And, like, he was the guy. He was the guy that always took my bad ideas and made them so much worse, <laughs> right? I had my box O fun that was literally, I had written on it, box-o-fun, because that's what my box was. It was an old tackle box I had taken, and I had filled this thing with all the fireworks I could find, right? Yes, and we, I just had, I had my box-o-fun. I'm like, Eric, come on over. We're going to shoot off some fireworks. He's like, heck yeah, I'll be right there. He comes over, and what, what I just intended on, like, you know, bottle rockets and stuff wound up being on the roof, 
throwing the bottle rockets at cars. Right? I'm like, well, it's probably not a good idea. But it was his idea. So I'm like, well, okay. I wouldn't have gone up there on my own. A little later, what, what Eric, Eric had a great idea. He's like, let's see how many sparklers we can shove into this steel pipe. Right? And we'll stick it in the ground, shove as many sparklers in there, and then we'll light one sparkler, throw it in, and see what it does. And just for the curious out there, Brantley, what this does is it creates like a jet engine out of the pipe. It sh- it's like, it shoots a blue flame about this. It's just a tight, a tight blue flame, like a jet engine, straight out of the pipe. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I'm like, oh, let's do that again. And I grab the pipe to shake this, <laughs> to shake, to shake the sprinklers out, right? Sprinklers, twinklers, what are they called? Spr- sparklers, sparklers out. I just looked back to the back of the room and saw my son. Slade, don't do this. This is stupid, because here's what happened. I burned the junk out of my hand. I grabbed that pipe, heard the sizzle, as I turn and look, and Eric is, he's gone. I see, I see like his left foot disappear around the corner. He's completely abandoned me, Ross. And so here I, I know a friend that deep, and he completely abandons me. I spend the next two days with my hands in an ice-cold coffee pot, just sitting there waiting for my parents to come home. Hopefully everything, and I, I, have, I have fingerprints and stuff, so I'm okay, I guess. But those are things I would not have done had I been around the right friends. Can everybody say amen? amen. Now, as parents, we do the same thing to our kids, except for we have technology. Right? Right? We can take their phone. We can go through their text messages and their emails and stuff, right? Does anybody have Life 360? Yes? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Was that Charlotte? You know you do. Your kid drives. Yes! Why? Because you can pull that sucker up and see exactly where in the world they are. Just pull it up. Man, all, you can find out all the things. You can get onto Instagram and find out what they're liking and what they're talking about. And you can go on to TikTok and watch their stupid dances because they're stupid teenagers who do stupid things. It was funny. Yesterday we were talking about just how the, just this generation, the millennials and the, the, the Zoomers, just how, you know, there's about this and that. And we came to the realization it's our fault. It's Gen X. We're the one raising these people. See what I'm talking about? Where, who, who, who created helicopter moms? Gen X. That was us. Oops. Who created the Karen? Generation X. It's all, they're, they're our fault. So we have to own that and move on. Everybody feel better now? Do we need to pray again? I feel like maybe. Why do we do this? Because we understand That friends affect the quality and direction of our life. Let me say that again. Your friends affect the quality and the direction of your life. So really quickly, I want to talk about the law of attraction. And there's several laws of attraction, but the simplest one is this, acceptance. We are attracted to people who accept us. We're attracted to people who accept us, and we avoid people who reject us. Does that make sense? Guys, the greatest thing about friendships is also the thing that makes it dangerous. When we're with people who accept us, we drop our guard. And in the right company, that's an incredible thing. Because when we drop our guard, we become influenced. 
We become open to other people's ideas and thoughts and persuasion and, 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 and all that other stuff. We open ourselves when we are around our friends, when we are around people who accept us. We drop our guard and we become influenced. Acceptance leads to influence, which with the right crowd, a wise crowd, that's an incredible thing. I want my kids around people who are going to influence them in the right ways. But when we find our acceptance through people who are moving in a different direction than us, we drop our guard and we begin to be influenced in the wrong ways. And therein lies the danger. The danger. Guys, when we look at some of our worst decisions in our youth, they don't involve our enemies. A lot of times they involve our friends. Am I wrong? I highly doubt the first time you had alcohol, smoke a cigarette or a joint while you were by yourself. These things don't happen in a vacuum. They happen when we are open to being influenced. Some of the most addictive behaviors imaginable are ones that are acquired in social settings. And guys, it's easy to find ourselves involved in things that we once chastised over other people over simply because of who we are with. It's easy to find ourselves involved in things that we once chastised other people about simply because of the crowd we're running with. In fact, some of those things we may even at one time have considered them sin. But now because of the influence We've allowed ourselves to soak in from the people who accept us. We find ourselves doing things we wouldn't otherwise be doing. Guys, truth be told, this is not surprising to us. And it's not a new concept. It's a biblical truth. Solomon, the Bible says, it was the wisest man to ever live. This is what he said in Proverbs 13.20. I love Proverbs. Probably my favorite book. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, there's a, there's a trick to taking biblical truth and turning that into success in your life. And the trick is this. It's three-step. Number one, you hear the truth. Number two, you recognize it as truth. And number three, you leverage that truth in your life. And it takes all three of those. Hear, recognize, Leverage In James 1, it says it like this. Verse 21, it says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. Who doesn't want to get rid of moral filth? When the Bible puts it that way, I'm like, okay. Moral filth. And the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Listen to the hope. Listen to the promise. Listen to the potential in this verse. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone, check this out, who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Verse 25, but whoever looks intently 
into the perfect law that gives freedom, again, that promise. And continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. I want to be blessed in what I do. I don't want to be blessed in what I perceive. I don't want to be blessed in in what I disagree with. I want to be blessed in what I do. And there's a way to do this. In the scripture, we find both the promise and we find a warning. Back in Proverbs 13, 20, it says this. It's the promise. Walk with the wise and become wise. That's a promise. Walk with the wise and become wise. Simply by doing life with wise people, you become wise. That makes me want to rethink momentum staff. No, I'm kidding. No, you guys have no idea how blessed I am to day in and day out be with these people. I get to walk with the wise. And I get, I get, to, I get to, to glean off of that wisdom. And I get to see the choices that are made. And I get to see why they're made. And I get to see how they result. And I get to see this happen over and over again. And if I have questions or if I have thoughts or if I have concerns, I can take it to my, my friends whom I trust. I can take it to the wisdom in my life and run it through that machine. Wisdom defined by the Bible is this, basically, people who understand that life is connected, yesterday affects today, affects tomorrow. Yesterday affects today, affects tomorrow. And so if I want my tomorrow to be in a certain place, I need my today to be moving in that direction. If I'm wondering why my today is screwed up, I need to look at the thing that I didn't learn from yesterday. And this is wisdom. As simply as it can be put, this is wisdom. This way of living life is contagious. The scripture goes on with a warning for fool, for for a companion of fools suffers harm. Notice it does not say, That if you live life with a fool, you become a fool. That's not what it says. It says that if you are friends with a fool, your life will be impacted by their foolishness. Eventually, the shrapnel of their exploding life is going to hit you somewhere, and it's going to hurt. That is the promise of a life lived with fools. Is everybody with me? Guys, we defend our unhealthy relationships with this thought. I'll never do what they do, and I'll never think the way they think. This is just my weekend, buddy. Right? I'll never never do, I I mean, the way he does life, I'm never going to do life that way. This is just who I, this is just who I go to ball games with. This is, this is just who I, I hang out with at times. And I'm never going to go to the strip club like they go to. I'm never going to do this. I'm not going to talk about my wife like they do. I'm just going to sit in their presence and open my life to their influence for blocks of time every single weekend. And it will not affect me.
we all know someone who was with the wrong person at the wrong time. And it took them out. Some of us are in the room, and we can point to our own life. Not that we necessarily bought into what was happening. Not that we were necessarily doing what was, not even that we really agreed. We were just kind of there. The wrong place, the wrong time, with the wrong people, and the shrapnel of that situation took things out in our life. That is the warning of living life with fools. The Bible says a fool is someone who does not understand that life is connected. They live life as if they just don't care. Worse yet, they do understand it's connected and they don't care. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people who have come to me and they're like, man, this is going on in my life. This is happening and this happened. I'm like, well, are, we, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Wait, are you doing this? Yeah. Wait, are you doing that? Yeah. Well, stop it. This and that equal this. Are you kidding me? Did, what? You've been acting, you've been acting like this around women you're not married to, and you expect your wife to still follow you? I don't think so. What are you doing? Oh, I know, I know, I know. right, Pastor? I know, I shouldn't. And then what happens the very next weekend? The same stupid thing. Because even though they know it's connected, they don't live life as if life is connected going out and taking their, 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 their paycheck and blowing it on things every single weekend and then wondering why I don't have enough money to pay my rent. Come on. Life is connected. I know I should make a budget. I know I probably don't need new clothes every season. I know my shoes from Walmart will really just as good as my $200 Jordans. I know. $20 Adidas, by the way. Don't, don't think. Don't think. I get all my nice shoes from Uptown Cheapskate. So you can just check that place out. Do they make the budget? No. Don't. Do they tithe? Mm. No. No. Living life as it's not connected, as if it's not connected. Guys, this isn't a rule. It's a principle. Either we leverage and we benefit from it or we know it and we ultimately pay the price. In light of all this, guys, I'd like to quickly suggest five guardrails for your life. Are you guys ready? Five guardrails for our lives. And when it comes to friendships, here we go. Your conscience should light up when you Realize that your core group isn't moving in the direction you want to move in. Your conscience should light up when you realize that your core group isn't moving in the direction you want to move. Am I saying your core group are bad people? Nope. Are your, is your core group doing something else every Sunday morning? Keeping you from worshiping God, corporately worshiping God, and being in the place where God wants to impact your life. 
Being in a place where God wants to put you into relationships, into relationships of wisdom that will affect you for generations. Is your core group keeping you from that? I'm not saying you're doing bad things. I'm saying putting the guardrail on this side of the bad things. On this side of the tragedy. I want my family to continue in wisdom. I want my life to be blessed. So I'm going to stop myself before I get to the edge. Before my kid doesn't understand what worship is. Before they've never even been to youth group. Before my kid is is messing with drugs. Or or is is deep into depression and suicide. Because they've never been able to have a discussion with a youth pastor. I'm putting that guardrail of the, the standard of church in my life. Is your core group going somewhere else? Somewhere that you don't want to be in the future. Guardrail number one. Guardrail number two, when you catch yourself pretending to be someone that you aren't. When you catch yourself pretending to be someone you aren't. When you have to hide your beliefs in order to be around a certain crowd. Hmm? Hmm? You understand, they're just, they're just good people to hang out. I'm not saying they're not good people. Some of, you, some of you men will hear it when your wife says, I feel like you're a different person around those guys. That should be an alarm bell in your life. For me, it was when Kristen said, I feel like you put on your pastor voice when you speak. Oh. <laughs> womp, womp. Do you pretend to be someone else? That should be, a, that should be an alarm bell in your life. How about this? Number three, when you feel pressure to compromise. And then let me say this a different way. When a non-struggle becomes a live option. When a non-struggle becomes, a, when you're considering behavior that you previously considered to be off limits. There's tons of things that I have through my life has said, I will never do. I will never do. You know that commercial where like a kid, like there's like kids talking about what they want to be when they grow up. Like I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be an army guy. I want to be a doctor. And the whole time during the commercial, there's this guy just like passionately, like frantically running at the camera, right? And then it gets to a point where he kind of turns and there's a cop chasing him, right? And then, and then, and then the, the voice comes, the narrator comes on and says, no one says I want to be a crackhead when I grow up. That, no crackhead wants to be a crackhead. Can I just tell you that? Nobody who is in the vice of addiction wants to be in the vice of addiction. You know, we, we use the term like, like crackhead and it kind of dehumanizes people. But those people are trapped. And they never wanted to be there. This was not their plan. And they cannot get out. They are. But that's what happens when we don't have guardrails in our life. Somewhere years ago, somewhere years ago, they found themselves face to face with a situation that they never anticipated. And because of a lack of guardrails, they went too far and fell off the edge. Continuing on, the fourth guardrail. When you decide, I'll go, but I won't participate. 
I'll go, but I won't participate. You know, I'll, I'm going go to I'm gonna go to the staff party, and I know everybody's going to be getting drunk and be getting sloppy. I'm just going to kind of hang out. I'll have, my, I'll have a Coke, and I don't know you know, it'll be good. I'll go, I'll go to the bachelorette party. I will, I'll go to the Thunder Down Under, but I'm not going to go and be shoving dollar bills where dollar bills don't belong. I'm not going to do that. I'm just gonna, I'll, I mean, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to participate. That should be an alarm bell in your head. And there's all kinds of things that that, that will apply to. I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriends, but I'm not going to talk about people. I'm, I'm not going to, they're, they're just my, they've been my friends since I was 13. I know who they are. We're just going to go hang out. I'm just going to go open my life to them and absorb their influence for hours. The final win. The final guardrail is this. Alarm bells should be going off. Your conscience should light up when you realize that you're in a place where you hope the people you care about the most don't find out where you've been or who you've been with. And guys, this is across all generations. When you hope that the people you care about the most do not find out where you've been or who you've been with. And I'm not saying that you've been doing bad things. Guys, this is the guardrail. This is a few yards away from the bad thing. I hope everybody understands that. I hope everybody gets that. I am putting myself in a position to where I can't go over there. To where I can't fall off that cliff. Because my guardrail, and you know what? It may do, it may hurt a little bit. I may have to disappoint someone, Pastor. I may have to make a friend feel uncomfortable. But I'm not going to put myself in a situation where even though I have the best intention, I might misstep and ruin my life, ruin my family, ruin my kids. Guys, we, we all know people. As, as I've been telling this message, people have been coming into your mind, haven't they? People's lives have been popping up. You can see their faces. People who, who were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. They went too far. I can't believe this person did that. I can't believe this person said that. Oh, man, all oh, their families just crushed. All the things that we never would imagine. Guys, this isn't about them. This is about you this morning. These are, these are things we can apply to our life now. And the question before us is this. Will we walk out of this room and forget our reflection? Will we walk out of this room and forget our reflection? Or will we leverage the truth that Jesus has put in our lap this morning. How many of you wish you could go back? Turn back the clock and set some guardrails in your life. I'm one. Yeah. You know what I don't want to happen? 
I don't want two years from now to be talking to you and say, I wish I could go back two years to that Sunday morning when we were talking. I wish I could go back to this day and set those guardrails. We all have the opportunity right now. We know where we struggle. We know who our friends are. Let's just bow our hearts real fast. Heavenly Father, God, teach us how to leverage this truth in our life. God, every single person in this room, every single person at home and online listening to this message right now, God, we all want to live a blessed life. We want our decisions to guide us and take us in the direction that ultimately you want us to go. That place of goodness, that place of prosperity, that place of joy and contentment. Lord, help us to examine ourselves this morning and discover where it is we need to put those guardrails. In your heavenly name, everyone said, amen, amen. May you be the wisdom that is contagious. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.